0: You're listening to. Whoa! Hot luck!
1: Welcome to another episode of Books and Bova, a book club and podcast featuring books by Asian and Asian American authors. Uh, my name is Marvin Yue.
0: And I'm Rira Yu.
1: And welcome back to the podcast. It is the end of February. I was about to say March. I know, I know. <laughs> you heard that right. It's the end of February. So Rira, how are you dealing with your Olympic hangover?
0: Um, it's not really a hangover, because in, like, a week and a half, uh, the World Figure Skating Championships are gonna be on. Wait,
1: there's still another championship?
0: Yeah, that's, like, the, uh, Isn't
1: the Olympics the World Championship for the th- year?
0: No, there there's the World Championships, and that's the end of the season until, like, May or
1: August. So Nathan Chen still has a chance to win a World Championship in 2018. Uh... Is that what you're saying?
0: Yes, but... Mm.
1: You don't think he's, he has what it takes to beat your boy? I
0: mean, I'm pretty sure he'll be on uh, the podium.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But uh, but your boy? But my boy,
1: your my, boy, my, Yuzuru. King,
0: my <laughs> king Yuzuru, I, I don't know if he's competing at Worlds. Cause I he love still, because I've seen still, um, Rira's uh, Twitter handle injury. lately,
1: but she has <laughs> created an altar in honor of... Usero Hanyu, y- Usero Hanyu, <laughs> the um,
0: I changed it recently, so uh, it's not that anymore. The
1: Winnie the Pooh guy is how I refer to him as.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I was, I was a little bit sad that my queen Yavenya, didn't win gold, but you know what? It was it was just like a one point difference, so I'm not, I'm not yeah, like com- super torn up about it
1: yeah the commentators are really playing up that narrative of like the uh the rivalry and the
0: they have the same coach they're rink mates they're friends (laughs) like i don't understand this narrative of of them being like in a cat fight together because that's totally not what their relationship
1: is. I did love that they replaced Katie Kirk and other guy with um, Tara Lipinski and Johnny Weir for the closing ceremony.
0: I was so mad about that. Really, I really was. Like, I I was so annoyed that they kept commenting at like the most, like, like I'm trying to enjoy the performance. It was better than
1: the opening ceremony. The opening ceremony. I they didn't were just watch trying the opening to, ceremony. Like they were like. Katie Kirk, they were just like, up, this represents this from Korea because this oh, but, Korean. But, but
0: Tara and Johnny did the exact same thing though, but only like with a more sarcastic tone, which seemed really disrespectful to me. Oh. I don't know. And like, they, like at one point, they were like, wow, they really love K pop. And I'm like, it's pop music in Korea. Like, of <laughs> course they like their own music. Uh,
1: yeah, I guess.
0: It, yeah, it was, there, there were a lot of parts in the closing ceremony that I was not happy with, which is why I usually skip them mm. when I watch the
1: Olympics. They're very excited about the panda, though. From, yeah. the, from the Chinese, the Chinese, uh,
0: they also kept saying Chinese New Year, and I'm like, Lunar New Year, yeah. Lunar New Year, you're not in China, like, come I mean, on. I think
1: this is a new thing for white people is like the difference between Chinese New Year, and Lunar New Year, because yeah. for the longest time, Asians were all Chinese people to them. Now they had to think about other yeah. Asian ethnicities. I,
0: like, I was really, uh, like, at, like, after the short program, Nathan Chen, like. You know he was in seventeenth place, and a yeah. lot of people were like, "Well, they're like, he's not getting a medal, and yeah, he's never so going to get back up." And I remember, uh, angry Asian man Phil like tweeted, like tweeted, like, "Hey, come at me! Like, if you're gonna <laughs> if you're gonna attack my boy, I don't remember the exact tweet, but that was like, uh, that was like the tone behind it, yeah." And I was just like. Man, like, come on, like, at the Sochi Olympics, there was Mao Asada. She was, like, in, what, 16th place after her really bad short program, and then she jumped to, like, 6th place. Like, honestly, it's not about the medal at that point. It's about, like, giving a good performance and not giving up.
1: I mean, that's the thing, right? When people think about sports, they only really—most people, like— Especially like the the "quote unquote" bandwagoners only care if you're winning, and if you're losing, they will take any opportunity to tear you down. Especially if you're a minority, because or someone who had to like someone who isn't like the traditional favorite, right?
0: Yeah, I mean Nathan Chen. Like he's only been skating in the in like the senior level for like two years, so he's very very he's young. Super young. So the fact that people were like, "Oh, he's a has been," I'm like, "What are you talking about? <laughs> like he just started his career.
1: He's only gonna get better. He's probably gonna do like what is a five version of a quad, like the fiver. He's gonna do the first fiver.
0: <laughs> well, no one has landed or even attempted a quad axle yet, so oh. maybe. I don't know. There, There's like this one Russian girl in uh, the junior bracket who is able to do
1: quads. I feel like a quad axle will just like that was when your leg would just break. Like, yeah, that is going to. Yeah. yeah, that's like Blades of Glory style, like gruesome injury.
0: <sighs> OK, I think that's enough skating talk. I feel like I've been talking only about skating this for has, the past three episodes. This has been
1: your books and Olympic Minute. I, seriously, next year or in four years. We just need a separate, like, special edition yeah. podcast, daily updates from Riva Yu about the Olympics. We
0: should, we should add uh, Lily to it, because she and I were, like, tweeting the entire time. We're like, what just happened?
1: Oh, I'm excited it's going to be in China. Hopefully they get their, you know, air and traffic situation cleared up by then. But yeah. they got four years. Somehow. If anyone can do I'm it. I'm
0: skeptical. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, at the very least, it won't be, like, a Sochi or real style disaster. But yeah, we're here to talk about our February book club pick, Everyone's an Alien When You're in Alien 2 by Jomni Sun. This is a uh, picture book written and illustrated by Johnny Sun. Um, he is um, telling the story of his Twitter persona, the alien. Yes. Yeah. Um, needless to say, we will be spoiling the book. I don't, I don't like, know
0: if there's <laughs> anything we can really spoil because... Um, yeah, it's a graphic novel or a picture book, like Marvin said. So there's, I mean, this book really doesn't have like a heavy plot to it. Yeah. So there's not much for us to spoil.
1: But if you would like to read the book before listening to us talk about it, now is your chance.
0: I'm surprised that the back cover doesn't have Lynn manuel Miranda's uh, uh, comment about it. This one does. Oh, really? Yeah. Mine doesn't. Mine has Joss Whedon, and I want to cover that up.
1: Oh, I have Lin- <laughs> I have Miranda. I think mine's was written after Joss Whedon's fall from grace. Oh, I don't know. Let's check the. Uh, let me check the the publishing. The is there a Wait. An edition thing here? Well, anyways, yeah. anyways. Mine's is obviously the superior. Copy. Yeah,
0: yeah, it is. I I won't argue with that. <laughs> I kind of want to buy a second one so I can like color in it
1: you can color it in that one
0: no i must have a pristine copy
1: <laughs> and on that note if you're wondering where the news and book releases uh, section of this podcast is uh, we've decided to save that for the mid-month episode in march so um watch out for that but let's get into it um so everyone's an alien when you're an alien too is about
0: here's the unforgettable story of Jomni, an alien sent to study earth Always feeling apart, even among the other aliens, Jomni feels at home for the first time among the creatures of Earth. The characters are unique and inventive. A bear is tired of other creatures running in fear. An egg struggles to decide what to hatch into. A puppy is unable to express its true feelings. Bees think long and hard about what love means. Birds try to eat the sun. Nothingness questions its own existence. A ghost comes to terms with dying. And an introverted hedgehog slowly lets Jomny see its artistic insecurities. At the same time, Jomny's curious presence allows these characters to open up in ways they were never able to before, revealing the power of somebody who is just there to listen. Through the story of a lost, lonely, and confused alien finding friendship, acceptance, and love among the animals and planets of Earth, we will all learn how to be a little more human.
1: You know, I'm looking at my back cover, and I do have the Joss Whedon quote. It's oh, I do, I do
0: have the Lin Manuel brand. I, I looked at the top, so
1: oh, yeah, yeah. So it's
0: my my eyes didn't didn't go up there. <laughs> it just, just was not at eye level.
1: Anyways, um, yeah, I'm I was talking to this with Riba before the podcast, and I have a I don't know how to start talking about this book. Well, I mean, first impressions is it was really good. I liked it. <laughs> I read it in like a day. It's yeah,
0: I finished it in like 20 minutes and yeah. then uh, and then like I took a break for a while and then I went back and read it the second time because mm. I was wondering if all the feelings that I had reading it the first time, uh, like I wonder if it was like a one hit thing. Yeah. Yeah. But I read it again and actually it hit, like all the feels hit me harder <laughs> the second time because I think I absorbed it uh, a little bit more and took my time more.
1: It's interesting how Jomni is able to... Um, Like comment on a lot of very human emotions, thoughts, uh, behaviors through the eyes of these animal companions that Jomni the alien meets. Um, I mean, there's so many characters and they all have their own issues. I mean, you know, whether or not you want to be spoiled, like that whole like book jacket description pretty much spoiled every single plot point in the (laughs) in the book. But it's still worth like taking a look at
0: yeah um like i i heard that this book is like maybe like a third of it is from his tweets mm-hmm. but everything else is new material so for the people out there who are worried that this is just like a <laughs> copy of of just like twitter threads it, it's not um i think jobney did a really good job uh kind of like like fitting everything together like fitting all of the uh philosophical philosophical and, like, existential <laughs> uh, and optimistic uh, messages.
1: Yeah. So I guess let's start with what was your favorite storyline in the uh, in the book?
0: Well, I actually really liked all of the storylines. They were <laughs> all very relatable to me. Um, I think the closest one that was relatable to me was uh, the hedgehog.
1: The hedgehog and the auteur otter. Yeah. Right? <laughs> Like I mean, to give background, this is a hedgehog that wants to be an artist, but doesn't know how, and just thinks they're not good enough. And um, they talk to an otter who is a self-proclaimed auteur and <laughs> just like creates art yeah. and is very, very highfalutin about it, <laughs> but also very like real, like he's just, like he, just he care. Real. Yeah, uh,
0: there there were like a couple quotes that I really liked in the hedgehog storyline. And one of them was uh, uh, the hedgehog saying, I don't know how to make art. I'm so inspired by everything that I'm too afraid to do anything. (laughs) I can't even appreciate any other art anymore because I am too sad that it will always be better than anything I will ever make. Uh, If art is supposed to inspire, then why does it make me feel like an empty room? And I was just like, truth, man, (laughs) truth.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it's a very relatable feeling that like you have all this stuff you want to say but and I work for collaboration which is a non-profit organization supporting um, up-and-coming Asian American artists like musicians and a lot of people we meet at um, auditions they always start by apologizing or like preemptively saying oh this might not be the best or this might not be good and it's like you're already on stage you're already about to show us your thing like why are you getting like why are you like afraid of it right
0: i mean um i think that is like especially the case with people who come from marginalized backgrounds because we're always told that like like there's only one spot you know there can only (laughs) be one so you have to be the best and Mm -hmm. of course like when you apply for like grants and fellowships and whatnot like uh there's that there's that there's that like spirit of competition of like I need to beat out all of the other uh, all of the other Asians and um, yeah yeah so like it's it's understandable about feeling apologetic about your work <laughs> and also I feel like when you're when you're starting out making your craft uh, there's always i, I there's a character I think it's the owl who who ha, kind of has imposter syndrome. So totally
1: has imposter syndrome yeah. yeah but
0: I think I think it's it's definitely like the case with uh, artists who are starting out who are just like my my art is not good I have so much to learn and everybody else is so much better than me how yeah. can I ever measure up and those are those are themes that are very relatable yeah
1: what the owl is you know the owl is an owl but doesn't know if they're really an owl because they've never met any other owls like them, and so they go around questioning whether or not they're actually an owl until they meet another owl who essentially has the same worries, like another owl who's not sure if they're an owl or not. And then the owl from the and then the owl says, "Oh, so I'm not alone. So I'm not the only one that feels this way."
0: Yeah, um, I, I I pulled out a quote that the owl says, and he says, "I don't really know. Everybody calls me wise, and I have tried to." L- I have tried to learn very much about the world, but I don't feel very wise. And I know that owls are supposed to be wise, so then I don't feel very owly enough to be an owl. <laughs> I feel like one day I'll meet another owl, and they'll take one look at me and say, oh, somebody made a mistake. You're not supposed to be an owl at all. <laughs> um, yeah, like, like, I I don't know. That hit me hard when I was reading that. Um, I kind of felt that way for for a lot of different things like one obviously like being a writer I think it is like a prerequisite to like <laughs> have imposter syndrome it's just like my writing is not good and like everyone's gonna hate me and there's a lot of self-doubt because you're always alone and you and and that's pretty much like <laughs> most of what you're doing I mean, um,
1: yeah that's the case in a lot of things like even especially like you said again for people from marginalized communities where you don't really see much of yourself represented in leadership or media or even, like, your superiors, right? And it's kind of the, um, the opposite of that is, like, the unearned confidence of that, like, privilege brings, right? You see a lot of people who embrace the fake it till you make it and mm-hmm. don't feel bad about Feeling like an imposter, they like manifest their confidence by just saying, "Not thinking that they shouldn't be here, but I deserve to be here, or whether or not I am yeah. qualified or not." Yeah, right. And it's um, there's there's a balance between the two. I think imposter syndrome is healthy because it kind of keeps you on your toes, but it, you can't let it be paralyzing. Yeah, right. Like the the, the idea that there will always be someone who knows more than you um, is is a good thing to keep in mind because it keeps you from being like a egotistical like <laughs> asshole.
0: <laughs> I mean, like, like for me, like personally, I, uh, there was, there, before I went to college, I was studying to, uh, I was studying visual arts. I was hoping to become, um, I was hoping to become an animator. And um, when I, got into film school, I actually wasn't in like the arts program. I was I was in the writing program. Mm -hmm. And I remember like once I heard that I got accepted, I was like, oh shoot, I don't know how to write anything. (laughs) So I need to like study up. I need to make sure that like like I I do my homework because once I get there, everyone's gonna know that I'm like really bad. Yeah. And that I'm (laughs) not gonna measure up. And like it's, I, like it's not just like with writing or art it's it's like a th- universal thing that everyone feels at some yeah. point
1: i mean i felt that way before i started doing podcasts i was like i know the steps but can i really call myself one you
0: it, know it's funny it's funny how you mentioned that cuz like when when i announced that i wanted to form a book club <laughs> for just uh, asian and asian american uh books Uh and Marvin said like oh let's do a podcast on it and I said yes like within like (laughs) within like two or three minutes after seeing his Facebook comment and then after I said yes I like freaked out (laughs) I freaked out and I'm just like what did I like what did I just agree myself into? Like I don't read like I'm not like a voracious reader. I read <laughs> some books, but I don't like I don't read like two hundred books every year like mm. some Goodreads uh, <laughs> uh, some Goodreads people. And and I was just like I was like I can't do it. I'm not. I don't have like an English degree. Like like I can't yeah. make good discussions. But then at, at a certain point, I was just like, well, who else is going to do it? Yeah. Like out of all of my <laughs> friends, I read the most. So. And, like, like 12,
1: it's just 12 books a year. I know, it's and, just 12 books
0: a year. That really eased my conscience.
1: And one of them is a picture book, so it's all good.
0: Also, it helped that uh, Marvin was just like, I haven't read a book since college. And I'm just like, okay, I am more qualified than him.
1: <laughs> well, I mean, it's I mean that is perfectly the story of the hedgehog and the otter, right? The, uh, the hedgehog is, they're stressing about whether or not they can be an artist, whether or not they can actually become one. And the otter's just like... Like, the author says, creativity needs constructs, my dear. When constraints get tighter, you will find more opportunities to be creative, which is not helpful at all when someone is stressing out about it, but it's like... it's The last
0: thing I need is someone reminding me that (laughs) deadlines are good and I'm just like, no, it's not. No, it does not feel
1: good. But I've seen... I've had those feelings of, like, look at how easy people make it look. Make, like, creating look. And here we are, like, trying to work hard at being this thing, but when it comes down to it step one is calling your like is admitting that you are xyz right i we are podcasters you are a writer and once you admit that you don't have to say i'm the best but once you admit that's what you do then it becomes easier to like justify all the work you're putting into
0: yeah Uh, i don't remember the exact quote but uh the uh, the otter the auteur (laughs) um he mentions that uh like like the like you have to work on your craft like everything that is in your brain like the vision inside your head like you're trying to translate that and it's okay if it doesn't come across perfectly in like the first or second attempt like as long as you work on your craft someday that vision will be translated in the way that you want it to yeah. and it really reminded me of Ira Glass cuz he had that <laughs> <laughs> he had that whole spiel about like like working on your craft until uh, until it's good enough for your yeah. vision. Um,
1: so my favorite part of the book is, and, and I guess this is like you can you can psychoanalyze me all you want is all the dark humor in it. Oh yeah, definitely. like with the pumpkin and the turkey, and like, <laughs> um, like you, there's a scene where the pumpkin's afraid, has a nightmare of being carved up, and then the next frame, like it's a jack o' lantern. And like Johnny the Alien sees a ghost coming out of the jack-o-lantern and says, Oh no, a ghost, don't haunt me. I don't want to I don't want to be afraid. <laughs> and the ghost says, look, I just died. This isn't about you. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I really did like the uh the, the character of nothing. Nothing yeah. being like N capitalized. <laughs> it." It was it was just like a weird uh, thing to add as yeah uh, like to the cast of characters, but I really liked how Jomney executed it.
1: I liked how nothing was actually pretty needy <laughs> too.
0: Yeah, like needy and wanting to get recognition. Yeah, and once he gets it, like everyone's just like bye. <laughs> <laughs> and, and and there's that lovely quote about like oh everybody achieves greatness it's just the size of the audience that is yeah. different and yeah like it, it was really striking and it was also really funny whenever nothing popped up
1: yeah and he's like who's talking to me
0: it's like i he's like silence is the best music how come no one and it's like how come no one agrees with my opinion it's yeah. like, i don't know maybe it's because it's hard to listen to
1: <laughs> like, um and then there's also the turkey who is like the opposite of the pumpkin who. Seems to just like accept, like be accepting of his fate that he's gonna gonna die, and he wants to give off his like last bits of wisdom, and then just disappears. And Johnny's like, "What happened to that turkey? Um, we ate on. him." That's what happened.
0: I had a picture of that. Hold on. I really, I really like the theme of friendship in this book because you see it in various forms. Like, um when Jomney the alien is meeting all of these uh these animals and uh and creatures he's like I want a friend what is a friend <laughs> and um he's always like constantly reaching out to these creatures yeah. and it really rem- like it really like like the whole the title is everyone's an alien when you're an alien too. Yeah. And I think everyone at one point has felt like an alien, has felt like an outsider because especially now with Instagram where you're like scrolling through and you're like wow, everybody's so beautiful and rich and like having a fun time. Why why am I out here?
1: Yeah. I mean even in the book in the beginning, Jomni the alien, is already an outcast amongst the other aliens and it seems like friendship and it's a very cold society that it comes from, and one thing that, that I liked about the book is the like the overall message that once you experience something new, or once you when you meet new people and open yourself up to new experiences, you you change. You don't be you you like it's like. Um, Every time the aliens come back to check in on Jomini, he's, like, a little bit different because he's thinking about different things. He's Mm -hmm. exposed to different ideas. And it kind of reminds me of, like, coming home after being away, like, to college or living abroad for a while. Coming home and realizing that you're not the same person that left, you know, like, a year or two ago.
0: Yeah. And I also liked how the idea of, like, sometimes you meet people in your life and you never see them again. and it doesn't make them any less uh significant like you like even when you lose friends like like you should be grateful for the time that you spent with them like yeah. you um there is a time for everything and uh, and it also introduces that uh that idea of there's a time to be sad and there's a time to be happy and you have to appreciate both in order <laughs> to really be happy and I also liked uh, the homage to the giving tree because <laughs> <laughs> when when he first meets uh, the giving tree, uh, he's just like, oh, like, a f- like you're it's like you're my friend. I want to give something to you. And like the tree is like, nah, like I, I don't need anything. If anybody <laughs> like if if somebody kept asking me to like give things to them, then I don't think it's going to end well for me. And I don't know. It just, it just like reminded me that some people, some friends might take the friendship in, uh in like a one way direction of like how, like what can you give me Yeah, and how can I benefit from you without like <laughs> giving anything back and how like in order to have a good friendship, you have to be able to say no. And, have to be able to like understand your self-worth yeah there's like a lot of uh a lot of themes in this book you can really uh go deep into
1: yeah um (laughs) so many characters too like like the egg the egg and like the baby tadpole and caterpillar and like the anxiety of like what am i gonna be when i grow up and you never find out do you ever find out
0: no you, you no, never find out but what it tries the to
1: be an egg, egg oh, the egg tries to be a the egg tries to be a frog
0: the egg is a frog <laughs> he decided that he he's a frog like I, I could definitely definitely relate to uh, that one scene when the egg says what if I never hatch and what if I do hatch and it's the best moment of my life but then I never get to hatch again what if I want to hatch but I also but also never hatch can I do both or neither? And then the, and then Jamni the alien says, Why are you so worried? You're an egg. And then the egg says, That's not fair. You already know who you are. <laughs> I've definitely had this conversation with a lot of people. Yeah. And it's just like, I don't know what I want to be. And like, I'm so <laughs> lost with my life. And I'm like in my 20s. And they're just like, Chill out. You're in your 20s. Like, you'll figure it out. And yeah. it's like, Yeah, yeah. Like, it, a lot of the, um, so i did i checked goodreads i looked at the reviews that uh some people have left and a lot of the criticism about this book have been like like from very cynical people who are just like oh this is like a millennial book like (laughs) everybody says like this is like a cutesy book but it seemed like a little bit saccharine uh to me and a lot of people complain there are
1: some dark themes in there too yeah
0: yeah (laughs) and and like a lot of people who gave this book like one or two stars mm. were saying, "Wow, this book is really badly spelt. and it was really taking away from the experience."
1: I mean, it's not missing the point. And if you care about spelling, you would have been out by the time you saw the title.
0: I know, I know. <laughs> um, but funny thing about the misspelling—obviously, it's intentional because mm-hmm. it's consistent. Um, I read in an interview that uh, that the author Johnny Sun or Johnny Sun, mm-hmm. which is his real name, um, he actually made a style guide for his editors. Oh wow. Yeah. And he was just like, yeah, like I want it to look like uh typos when when like people are in a rush and they click on like the adjacent uh uh-huh. key. And for the reason why he picked like letters like B to uh randomly appear in sentences he was saying how it's kind of a a letter that you don't really see often in sentences, and how um, sometimes in the English language the B or the K they're silent letters, but mm-hmm. they like make you slow down and process the word differently. And I was like, oh, that's like really meticulous of him <laughs> uh, to think about all of that, and what it in- makes sense because he, he like. He's an architect, and you know you have to be—you uh, have to be like <laughs> meticulous with that. And you know he's also a playwright, so obviously he yeah. thinks a lot about language.
1: It kind of annoys me that people went on to Goodreads to give like such cynical bad reviews, because like I can understand you didn't like the picture book, but you know it's, <sighs> yeah. The book is also really funny. There's a lot of really great jokes. Um I remember the one where <laughs> the apple falls out of the tree and rolls away.
0: it's like and you're he's not like... my real parent.
1: The tree's like I'm not even an apple tree and an acorn falls out of it. Yeah. I thought that was pretty funny. Um
0: I I really did like the tree character because um the tree also like gave really poignant advi- advice to to Jomini about like friends and about loneliness and um I thought it was really, really sad and and like darkly funny how the tree got cut down at the yeah. end, and then they're like, No. <laughs> and um, and Jomney the alien says, the harder it is to say goodbye to somebody, the luckier you are to have met somebody you're going to miss. And literally a page later <laughs> the the stump that he is uh he's like sitting on. Um, he it says perhaps the only thing sadder than saying goodbye to a friend is knowing that they will never be the same as you as who you remember them to be, <laughs> and I just it, it was like so poignant but also like very very funny.
1: I love that Johnny learns consequences like he learns about cause and effect during throughout the book because like the the frame before that is when he sees the beaver with like all the <laughs> wood. He's like, wait a second.
0: I I really like the Beaver character too because yeah. uh, we all know that somebody who like is like, always throwing themselves into work and they're never available whenever you like ask them to hang out with you.
1: Yeah, and they're busy. They're always busy. They don't know why they're busy. They just know they have to be busy all the time. Yeah.
0: Which goes to show, nothing is important. It's important <laughs> to do nothing and to uh, just kind of like sit in your own quiet space yeah yeah
1: um there's also the dog that wagged his tail so hard that he flew yeah that was cute um oh
0: one of my favorite scenes in this book was uh when jamni the alien comes across another alien and they're like and and they like hug yeah (laughs) they, they hug and uh i forgot the exact quote but it was something about um when two aliens meet uh they feel at more home and more at home. Yeah,
1: when two aliens find each other in a strange place, it feels a little more like home.
0: Yeah, and that's definitely how I feel with a lot of my friends because <laughs> I think we're all weirdos. And <laughs> yeah. like whenever, uh, when whenever we meet together and talk about anime and really geeky things, it's just like, <laughs> yeah, like it, feel, it feels like home.
1: Yeah, I mean the bear the the yeti becomes friends with the bear who is another character of like someone who looks scary but means no harm. Mm-hmm. And it's just like I'm just trying to live my life and everyone thinks I'm this thing I'm not.
0: Yeah. And then like feeling like that feeling that he he's never going to find someone who <laughs> will accept him and uh understand that there is a lot more underneath the surface. Yeah. Which goes to show with relationships, right?
1: <laughs> um there's the subplot about the birds who don't understand what the sun is.
0: Yeah. Eternal darkness. <laughs> <laughs> like I just like kept laughing. I don't know why it was so funny to me. They it's, kept thinking that the sun was a lentil and they're like, yeah. don't eat it. <laughs> the eternal darkness will come if you do.
1: I feel like that's a commentary on just how short-sighted people are, like how short-term people think. Like, everything's either the best thing in the world or the worst thing in the world, and this, they'll never be good again. And then like, it's like whenever you hear someone complain about how this thing's the end of our civilization, or, well, there's the end of America, or there's the end of this or that, it's like, no, they'll come back around. This thing isn't what you think it is.
0: I forgot which... No, it was the turkey. The turkey that said, "Like, don't be sad about the past. Yeah, be sad about the future." <laughs>
1: <laughs> I don't think that's what he said. He said, "Don't was- be sad about the past. Um, enjoy your sadness. One day, even your sadness will be over too soon." Um,
0: no, there was definitely. Oh yeah, yeah, He's, yeah,
1: yeah. He says, um, "Never be sad about the past. It has already happened, and you cannot change it. Instead, focus on what truly matters. Being sad about the future."
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh. <laughs> I like bursted out laughing when I read that part. I was, I was just like, "Wow, truth!" <laughs> like, there's so many things to not look forward to in the future, <laughs>
1: especially for that turkey.
0: That's true. <laughs> maybe, maybe he'll get a pardon. You never know.
1: <laughs> oh man! <sighs> like,
0: there were a lot of puns in this book too. I like it. Took me the second read to to get it but uh the reason why the bees are always spelling out things is because they're spelling bees.
1: Oh. Yeah, the bees are another interesting character because they're like constantly was the first time they like they meet Jomney and then the bear is like what if bees are so what if bees are misunderstood? What if bees don't actually want to sting you? They just want to die. And then the bee goes into this big long like monologue.
0: About how it's not that simple. About, like, how they always have to consider uh, their hives' safety and protection because that's how much they love each other. They'd rather not die, but if that's what it takes to protect their friends, then uh, that's what they're going to do. And uh, the bee questions the bear being like, I bet you've never had a love like that. And (laughs) I was like, well, savage, okay.
1: The last (laughs) sentence is like, so, so, it's like, so you project it as fear and anger onto others. Those who have that one thing, you do not. You're so full of love, but all your love comes out of you in destructive ways. And the bear cries and the tears, like, we I'm free. And there's a pun right there. He's like, you're right. The truth stings.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I I think this book also really teaches the reader about, like, being brave, you know? Not just, like... There's, like, different things that you have to kind of face. Like, there's different fears. Like, fears about people, like, not accepting who you are completely. There's a fear about, uh, like, not being able to create the things that you want to. And there's also the fear of losing your friends. And also the fear of death, which briefly <laughs> makes an appearance in this book. And also there's there's also, like, the fear of... Uh, of meeting people like the turtle the turtle has a lot of social anxiety yeah and um and the snail which is one of my favorite characters in this book the snail's just like oh like i have to be seen otherwise i'll be stepped on and i thought that was like a really uh like a really cute sentiment (laughs) it's like you can't always keep hiding you always have to like you have to face your fears head on Sometimes it's a very optimistic message that I don't completely agree with, but (laughs) (laughs) I'm an introvert. If you haven't uh, been able to tell in these last couple of episodes,
1: I mean the last, the last frame is just him. Like his last words are like, I'm just happy that I get to feel sad, which means like life is about experiences and life is about being like proactive in your your own story and changing mm-hmm. and the fact that you can feel sad like it's like that that really really dumb um high school yearbook quote like don't be sad that it's over be be happy that it happened yeah. and it's
0: like <laughs> i hated that quote <laughs> i would always like see it like floating around like tum- <laughs> tumblr or whatever and mm-hmm. i'm just like no like let me be sad <laughs> like,
1: <laughs> but it's yeah it's like you know just the fact that you're feeling sad about it means that it, it affects you in some way. Like, it was an important part of your life. And um, I thought it was really funny that he thought that all the animals he was meeting were well, humans. humans.
0: And then the animals are like, all the humans are dead.
1: <laughs> they actually foreshadowed that in, the, um, in one of the frames where he's trying to make friends with everybody. He's learned what friends mean. And yeah. he finds a skeleton. He goes, hi, friend. you used to be a baby.
0: And then the tree's like, maybe stay away from that friend. <laughs> <laughs> I, like, I really like the snail, because the snail was like super optimistic about <laughs> everything. Like uh, The first time Jomni meets the snail, the snail goes... Uh, Jomni asks the snail, like, oh, so who are you? And then the snail says, oh, gee, well, um, nobody has ever asked me about myself. Hmm. Well, I guess everybody tells me I am too small and too slow to make a difference in this world. But I am making a difference in my own world, and I hope that is enough. (laughs) I was like, oh, it's like so happy. And it's like like a glass
1: half full way of looking at things.
0: And like towards the end, like the snail built like a bouncy castle for (laughs) Chomni the alien as like a a farewell gift. And he's like, hey, I know you're sad, but I built you this bouncy castle. (laughs) So are you going to take off your shoes or what? And it's, it's just like, like I am definitely not an optimistic person, and I definitely found those uh, those snippets that the snail was in to be like very cute and like in, I don't know like this entire book was like an energy booster. <laughs> it's like it's like like I'm a very pessimistic person, mm. so like when I was reading this book, I was like, oh, I'm smiling. Like this is making me happy. And... I mean,
1: it's cute. It's it's a like it's it's super cute. There's a lot of really good messages, and I think what is really great about it is you can relate to one or many of the animals because they're they're personifying things that I think everyone thinks about. You know, everyone thinks about death. Everyone thinks about whether or not they're worth anything. Everyone thinks about friendship and, and being existential lonely. crises. And at the same time, he also inserts like little snippets like this which is like here's another way to look at things here's like a a lot of what this book is is giving you alternative takes on a lot of different issues like here's one way to look at things but here's another way to look at things
0: yeah and i know that like a lot of um people who did not like this book (laughs) said that was a problem because they were like oh i would have preferred like a stronger storyline i would have preferred more like more consequences and and i'm just like but that's not what this book is about this book is about i don't know like i wouldn't say like like putting a mirror in front of you but it's but it's definitely like a book that's not meant to be taken like so (laughs) seriously it's i don't know like i i read this book twice and i'm pretty sure that i will read it again in the near future uh, just when I'm feeling down. And I think that's kind of what this book is. It's it's not meant to be like some sweeping novel. Like, <laughs> why did you buy this book thinking that it would be a sweeping novel? <laughs>
1: yeah, I mean, there's typos in the title. There there were clues, people. <laughs> um, And it was good to see that like he, there wasn't really, like his message is, or what I think his message was, is like everything matters. Right? Like every interaction, every thought, every the way you think, the way like you perceive things. Um everyone everyone is different, but everyone's perception is important.
0: Yeah. Everyone's problems are important. <laughs> uh I there there was one quote I really liked and it was when uh the caterpillar was in its cocoon and um Jomney's like what's wrong and i think it was the uh, tadpole that says sometimes a caterpillar stays too long in its cocoon and never becomes a butterfly and i was like man that is some dark <laughs> like <laughs> that is dark and and it, it was really nice that the egg never hatched while his friends uh turned into like a butterfly and and like a frog and it's like yeah like people succeed or mature at a different pace and that's okay you shouldn't be like like super obsessed about it Mm -hmm. because like your time will come and like the important thing is like is like knowing yourself and not focusing so much on like who you're gonna become
1: Never resolved that, which i didn't i kind of I was kind of like i could I understood why he did it, but would have been nice to see what he turned into
0: sometimes life doesn't give you answers Marvin oh. I also really like the uh the activity log in the beginning and the end of the book there's right. a lot of like uh tweet size uh tweet size advice not advice but observations mm. I don't know if that's the right word either
1: It's definitely a very clever book and it's smart in it's cuteness I guess <laughs> um.
0: What did you what did, what did you think about the art cuz this is very different from um I would say like other graphic novels where like there are panels and uh <laughs> And also, like, more details. Because, like, like, the art style is very minimalistic.
1: And... Yeah, it's, like, doodles and, and very cutesy. I actually, I didn't mind it. It didn't... Um, I thought it did what it was there to do, which is to illustrate the different scenes. And I liked how... Like, even though it was minimalistic and, like, simple, it was... He was still able to, like, convey a lot of emotion and a lot of storytelling through the pages. And what's interesting is, even though it's very simple, there are certain panels where a lot is going on. It was really fun to explore the different things that he was including, like the different asides and the different like juxtapositions of everything.
0: It really, um, I mean, it's weird to say this, but it almost looked cinematic the way he like arrange the pages you know like because mm-hmm. like you'll like flip a page and then like there would be like the punchline and i'm like okay
1: yeah
0: or like it would be like the same scene but he would just like change the perspectives just like a little bit and yeah like that was really nice as well and i really loved his use of font because yeah like the auteur had, yeah, had like a, cursed, like, like like a, a very... really fancy font yeah and like um most of the book is kind of written in this weird like
1: comic, Sans-y comic sans looking yeah
0: like very like like uh, rustic like it it looks like someone <laughs> wrote uh, wrote like the uh lines in the book with their own handwriting
1: yeah and you can like the different fonts also like you, they correspond with like the voice of uh, the voices of the animals in your head like the the yeti has very like bombastic, scraggly, like, all-caps voice. And the bees are, like, kind of more tiny.
0: Yeah, like, tiny. And I I was right. They do spelt stuff. (laughs) Like, hello, (laughs) H-E-L-L-O. It's a spelling bee. Um, And I also really like that it was black and white, and it wasn't, like, this, uh, like, super colorful book because otherwise i feel like the messages in the book would have kind of been like washed washed out and like because it's black and white i feel like it appeals more to adults i mean children can read this book as well but i don't know something about like its simplicity really uh made all the lines in the book pop out more yeah and i really like the use of space and
1: yeah um our group members all like the ones who commented on our thread all enjoyed like the innocence and the simplicity of the of the graphic novel they thought it added a lot to the story um david uh who is a uh, booktuber is that the correct term he um also caught the uh giving tree um call out. I didn't catch it because I'd never read it. You should read
0: it. Shel Silverstein is like probably one of my favorite poets and I don't really read a lot of poetry.
1: <laughs> I only read books by Asian Asian American authors because of this. Well,
0: Johnny son is uh, Canadian.
1: So <laughs> I am also Canadian, yes. so I'm going to make that exception. <laughs> um, well, we said
0: Asian and Asian American so he fits under the Asian yeah. umbrella.
1: I mean, the Asian diaspora. Which yes, is, but yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. Um, it looks like most people really like the standout character seemed to be the the porcupine or the hedgehog,
0: Sonic the Hedgehog. Yeah,
1: <laughs> um, which is like you know, it's especially I think with like you said within the Asian American community having this idea that like. Everyone else is doing this thing better than me. Is kind of like the anxiety that we live with day to day, and everything we do, even if we go into like the traditional fields, right? Because it's because you know, you know, this is a stereotype, but we're always being compared to other people, depending on your parents. Yeah.
0: usually like another family member
1: (laughs) or cousin or cousin or or... it's like
0: oh (laughs) your cousin got into harvard and they play like five different instruments and it's just like i'm pretty sure my cousin is not that accomplished (laughs) and it's just like a narrative that asian parents just give
1: their kids this is why i'm glad i'm kind of glad my family didn't have like a group of other asian parents to like compare (laughs) to her kids just my mom's like small group of friends in the States. So I didn't really have a lot of that. It was more um, family comparisons on my end. Uh. I'm
0: really glad that we read this, read this book for February. Yeah. Because like, not I, only is it very short, but
1: yeah, I finished it in like halfway through the month, which is unheard of. I usually finish it the night, the night before we have to do this podcast. Yeah. Um, thank you so much to Jomni Sun for writing and drawing such a beautiful book um
0: i also really like your tweets
1: <laughs> <laughs> um the haters can go hate themselves because this book is a plus in my book um any last thoughts I, I think we pretty much gushed about the book enough that people I'm
0: sorry if it was people... a lot of gushing and gushing and not really um,
1: a we, lot of analysis to it but I think we did a good job on analyzing the yeah. key themes or um, I think I mean this book is all about just picking your favorite lines and quotes and how they affect you on this certain day and it's really great to I, I'm glad to have this book in my bookshelf to just you know pick up and read when I'm having a XYZ day and I just want to like have yeah some perspective yeah and on that note, I guess that'll do it for this for discussion. Hopefully, um, you all had a good time listening to us reminisce about our favorite moments of the book. If you have your own favorite moment, um, your favorite line, your favorite frame or page, um, please sound off on our Goodreads forum. We have a thread going about the February Book Club pick. And now that we have this podcast out, we'd love to hear what you thought about everyone's an alien when you're an alien too.
0: Uh, with that said, our march pick is what lies between us by naomi munawira and it's a crime fiction novel um i believe like it it begins with a woman who is in prison and she kind of like reminisces about her past oh. so it starts off very interestingly and i'm really curious as to what other people think about it um i think the author is also Sri Lankan, so okay um that's also like pretty great. I don't want us to keep reading just East Asian <laughs> uh East Asian authors although we have read like uh South and Southeast Asian authors as well yeah. in the past but Uh, definitely always looking to diversify our own reading list. I'm
1: excited to read our, is this our second or third crime novel? I think it's our second one. It's our second one, yeah. Yeah. First one was um, Suspect X.
0: Sometimes it's really hard for me to remember what genres we have read (laughs) um, because I'm always reading my own stuff, and it's just like, oh, I'm reading like two other crime novels right now, (laughs) so it's like, oh yeah, we haven't read a crime novel in book club for a while and uh, it would, yeah.
1: I'm excited and hope you guys all are too. So yeah. And as always, we all, we also want to give you a heads up about our April book club pick. Uh, Riva, what are we reading for April? For
0: April, we will be reading another nonfiction book. We haven't read a nonfiction book in a while. And it's One Day We'll All Be Dead and None of This Will Matter by Scotchy Cole.
1: Is that by the turkey? The turkey from Johnny's book? <laughs>
0: I was like, what? like Turkish author? No. The
1: fatalistic turkey.
0: (laughs) Um, Scotchy Cole is, uh, I think she's like one of the BuzzFeed producers. And um, I've seen this book kind of float around in the Goodreads forums for a while now. I heard it's super funny and it's pretty much like a collection of essays about her uh, growing up as like, a daughter of immigrants and also just like her like quirky observations about the entertainment industry. So it'll be it'll be fun to yeah. to read another nonfiction book because we haven't done that in a while.
1: Great. And as always, please join our Goodreads forum to interact with us and to chat about your favorite books, um, whether it's a book club pick from Books and Bulba or your own favorite Asian American authored books. Uh, we always love to Hear from you, and it's always great to see the book. Uh, it's always great to see the Goodreads group um, grow. So, um, if you are new to the book club, please um, introduce yourself in the welcome thread. We'd love to learn more about our listeners, our members, and what you guys are up to.
0: Yeah, and if you like this episode or any other episodes uh, that we've recorded, please leave us a review or rating on iTunes if yeah. you did not like this episode please leave a 5 star rating and <laughs> and write your complaint <laughs>
1: um, thanks a lot for listening to this episode of Books and Bulba uh, stay tuned for um, more episodes coming out in March again we're going to go for our March uh, new releases and book news in our mid-March episode and we're going to try to get a Interview or two from authors and members of the publishing world uh, for you as well. So, lots of course to look forward to in the month of March. Uh, so, thanks for listening and we'll see you all next time. Bye. Bye, guys. This episode of Books and Boba was hosted by Marvin Yue and edited by Marvin Yue. Books and Bova is a proud member of the Potluck Podcast Collective, a collective of Asian-American hosted podcasts featuring unique voices and stories from our Asian-American community. If you like Books and Boba, you might also want to check out the Collabcast, a weekly podcast about pop culture and the creative life from an Asian-American perspective, and the official podcast of the Collaboration Movement. You can find the Collabcast and all the other great shows of the collective by going to the website www.podcastpotluck.com.